the upcoming presentation is a two-man power trip of wrestling podcast production. Podcast, the TMPT Podcasting Empire. If you didn't know by now, my name is Chad, and every single week I'm joined here by my crack broadcast team taking a walk back down memory lane and looking at some of the finer moments of the WWF's new generation. And this week, uh, pretty much going into one of my favorite territories, and that is the returning hero, the returning superstar. As we look at the summer of 94 and the return of the hot rod, Rowdy Roddy Piper. So before we get things started, I want to introduce the team as usual. First, in the bottom box on the screen that I'm looking at, he's casual, he's calm, he's cool, he's collected. <laughs> he is CP. He was in the building for the first appearance of Roddy Piper in 1994. We're going to get his opinions on that. But what's going on with you tonight, CP? Nothing much. Just recovering from uh, first day back at work after a nice little holiday weekend. Got to get some sun, go to some barbecues, and I even got to catch up on a great little flick from the 90s about a uh, CIA agent, John Portland, and private investigator Elmo Freach. little movie called <laughs> Tough and Deadly. Fantastic <laughs> stuff. Bottom line. Bottom line. That's right. And Timmy... Down there in the middle here from the sunshine state of Florida. Uh, I saw in other parts of the country it's snowing, but uh, nonetheless, the sunshine state's probably raining. How's everything going with you tonight, CP? I mean, uh, Timmy W. Oh, man, man. I wish that snow was here. That's all I can say. And uh, CP, did you you come to kick ass or chew bubble gum? Uh, I came to do neither. (laughs) What a letdown. I you apologize. Didn't, how about did you I'm come to Frogtown? Anyway. <laughs> huh? You didn't come to Frogtown for uh, for anything either. Um, there's dog, there's Dogtown. Dog, uh, no, you can come to Dogtown. That's the sequel to Hellcats yeah. Frogtown. Um, <laughs> but we're going to talk about Rowdy Roddy Piper's uh, really um, interesting return in the summer of '94. Um, obviously, you know, we talk about new generation every week. We talk about the superstars being pushes that pretty much would not have seen happening in another era. But what happens when the stars of the previous era come back in through the front door? Well, they get a gigantic hero's welcome and they don't even have to show up to do any promos or anything in ring until the actual main event. Um, which was uh, again, cool in retrospect. And I just said this before we started recording and I didn't want to lose it. But this is going back to me and kind of looking back with rose-colored glasses because, look, Rowdy Piper for me, is he is B. He is two on my all-time wrestler list. Love the hot rod. Um, to me, I've said it on many occasions, I have not been the same wrestling fan since Rowdy Piper passed away in, in 2015. The shows where he would pop in, just they don't have that, that kind of special feeling anymore. Uh, when you'd hear the Piper's Pit was going to be on Raw, you'd still run to watch it. You know, you hear the big pipe, you would still be there to watch it. And when he passed away, it was the end of it for me. But this era specifically, I kind of thought a little bit better of it before I went back to go and watch some of it. Because it didn't really, I can't say hold up. It just is very odd for WWF programming. Um, and that has to do with production. That has to do with how long it went on. And it kind of has to do with the fact that, like, was Roddy Piper, was he filming a movie? Was he at home? Where, where was he doing these videos from? Because it felt like the location changed a couple of times. Uh, but nonetheless, the return of Rowdy Roddy Piper beginning at WrestleMania 10. Now, CP, you were there at WrestleMania 10. Tell us about a 10-year-old CP hearing the bagpipes hit at Madison Square Garden. That was very exciting. I mean, it's always exciting to be in the same building as Piper. And then that was... uh 
I forget if I, if the, I forget if he was announced right before or if he came out as a surprise on the spot. Um, but the building went crazy when Piper came out, and it's, I mean, how there wasn't, there's not much bigger you can add to a WrestleMania main event than Piper as a special referee at that time. I, I believe it was a surprise because they had Mr. Perfect come in the yeah. semi-main, you know, first title match with uh, Yokozuna and Lex Luger. And they alluded to the fact that there would be another special guest referee uh, for the main event, which, you know, again, it, it was great um, to see him at Madison Square Garden. And I had to go back. I believe his last appearance on WWF TV was SummerSlam 92. So... It had been a while between Piper appearances uh, to come back in, in WrestleMania 10, Madison Square Garden, uh, March, April 94. There's a big hug for Burt Reynolds that we're seeing, which is awesome. <laughs> Burt, Burt Reynolds, one of the more underrated uh, celebrities in the history of WrestleMania. Uh, but we, we see a noticeably thinner Roddy Piper, uh, shorter hair Roddy Piper, um, and uh, sporting the no fear shirt, which was great, so on point with that, <laughs> with the yeah. era. If you didn't have a no fear shirt, then you obviously were a <laughs> loser. <laughs> but Roddy Piper, all of a sudden, goes from this spot at WrestleMania 10. Now, I didn't catch this, and I read about it, and I guess if you went back and listened, you would have heard. But they laid the groundwork for the the match that we were going to talk about with Jerry Lawler in. WrestleMania 10 main event. Now, did either one of you catch that prior to any of this happening? Yeah, I also read that in an article, and I I have watched Brett Yoko like nine billion times, and I don't remember ever noticing that. And I noticed a couple things. I, I don't. I question whether it was really laying groundwork or just heel Jerry Lawler on commentary. Uh, but but it definitely works for laying groundwork if that's what they were planning to do. Yeah, I, I agree because I didn't catch it, and I've seen that match a million times, and I just I wouldn't have caught it. I mean, it makes sense, but um, it, it takes a little bit of time for it to get going. So Rowdy Roddy Piper then is brought back to WWF TV following WrestleMania 10 and given his own segment on uh, All American Wrestling, which is an all time favorite uh, show. And uh, it's called Roddy Piper's Bottom Line. And basically what it would be is it would be a Piper's Pit style uh, show, but it would be video cassette recorded and sent to the production studio, which then they would put into the episode. And it had these really weird cuts and really weird transitions that you look a little bit deeper into the story. Bruce Pritchard said that that's because they were very long and not what they were looking for. Uh, so that's why the the cuts throughout the videos. But like I said, from a production point of view, not very WWF-like because there was a very strong hiss to all the videos. Um, the quality you know, was a 1994 video cassette recorder. Yeah. Didn't really kind of fall into the WWF-like mo- mo- excuse me, mode or model of like fancy-schmancy production work. But it kind of fit in with the Roddy Piper's a loose cannon, you know, can do whatever he wants kind of uh, character that he had uh, at that point. What did you think of these bottom line segments, CP? So they were a little weird. Uh, I was I didn't necessarily fully remember them until I went back and watched a few of them. Um, yeah, I guess if if you think of it production wise, it's like the equivalent to somebody who's making Instagram videos today, but it's 1994, so he's being recorded by. You know, probably like his wife or a friends on a on an old school, you know, VHS camcorder or a beta camcorder, one of those. And it's uh, yeah, it's definitely it's definitely not the production team behind it. I don't think. Uh, you you said that he mailed it into the studio, right? I mean, that's what I assumed. yeah yeah no, that's exactly what it is because you know they say he's in his house and a bunch of them he's in his house. Then he's on set at yeah, yeah, yeah. you know whatever movies he's working on. And, you know, he's sending these in and we kind of if you could equate it to today's product, it's kind of like Brock Lesnar, right? Brock Lesnar wouldn't be on all the shows. He'd be a champion, but he wouldn't be on all the shows. And you we always thought like, well, why don't they just tape something with Lesnar backstage? Like when they have him there and just use it for a week, he's he's not around. Well, here's what they did in 1994. They had Roddy Piper instead of being at the shows. He was sending in these these videos, and I guess that kind of shows you his stature at yeah. that point. Is he doesn't need to come to the studio every week anymore. 
I know, I know this is a very, this is another terrible comparison like I like to make, but it sort of reminded me on a much different level of the like 2000, was it 2009? The first time Rock Cena WrestleMania, uh, main event of WrestleMania. Uh, yes. There, Rock was constantly just doing the satellite uh, video promos from right. movie sets, and Cena was doing the in ring promos like to counter them, and they'd go like back and forth for numerous weeks, although I think they eventually did meet up, which never happens in this view. Yeah, it's exactly what it's like. Those via satellite um, uh, promos from The Rock, um, again, it kind of fit with the fact he was Hollywood, but <laughs> Hollywood A being Roddy Piper here because, man, there are a few of these videos where he was, like, way dolled up <laughs> for Roddy Piper with the frosted hair and the big, you know, white teeth and the tan and, like, the 5 o'clock shadow painted on for the movie. It was a little off-putting because I didn't expect that with uh, with the hot Scott there. Um, but, uh, you know, nonetheless, this was a Hollywood Roddy Piper, and, and that's it. He didn't have to come to the studio anymore like he did when he was doing Superstars a few years back. Now he could just be like, yeah, I'm mailing it in, Junior, and there's nothing you can do about it. You know, it's funny when you watch those videos, the order of the videos, it's like the first couple where he's on the movie set for uh, this tough and deadly movie, which is a straight-to-video movie with him and Billy Blanks. But uh, it, it, the later ones are the ones from his house. And I think what you were just saying about him being Hollywood, he definitely noticed it because then he, then he starts to be like, you know, he's got the one where he's at this pickup truck hanging out with his yeah, dog. Yeah. Like he's trying <laughs> to like get away from that because he probably realized it. Yeah. But it's weird too because I feel like here he looks older you know, than he was. And he looks older than even he would look in WCW. And I don't know if that's just the, the way he looks a little more Hollywood. He's like, he fits in perfectly with like, you know, like the dad characters of the day, you know, like in, yeah. in any kind of movies or TV shows, it's just the style they have. And he's in the flannels and he's, uh, he, he's kind of, you know, he looks like a guy who's not necessarily what we're, we're thinking about. I want him in the hot rod shirt every time he's on, the TV, especially if we're getting Roddy Piper's bottom line, give me a bottom line T-shirt in the shape of the Hot Rod logo. You know what I'm saying? Like, give me something that's a little more recognizable. Then again, low production quality, low audio, and grainy footage taken on camcorder. Like, how about like the fact that they they couldn't agree to have a a, 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 a crew go out to him in, in Portland? You know, like. There's got to be something more there that I don't think I've heard anywhere else about the fact that this was done so independently. I'd have to go back and check out a few of the old Piper yeah. shoots. It's been a long time since I watched them. But um, I know specifically with like with Pritchard, he just said this was the thing. Roddy would send the tapes in and then they would put them in the shows and they were just longer than they wanted and they'd have to chop them up. And that's how you got the style that we see in these bottom line segments. Yeah, I mean, my guess would be it's just you know, they had been probably a year for this point without Hulk Hogan. Yeah, it was the prior King of the Ring. Yeah. It was the last Hulk Hogan match. So, and Vince probably, you know, he still didn't really trust Brett. He didn't know who to put the title on at WrestleMania until close to it between Brett and Luger. So he didn't really have his star. So he's just dipping into the past like he would do now. So basically, I assume they kind of brought Piper back for this under the guise that, you know, Piper's just sort of like a part-timer today. He could do whatever he wanted and, you know, didn't really have to show up. It was just, and it was, he got to talk about his children's hospital and his movie all the time. Yeah. Yeah. So. No, you're, you're exactly right. Yeah. And it's, it's kind of funny. I wonder, did those guys feel like Brett, obviously Brett probably wouldn't have any ill feelings towards Piper. Same thing with Shawn Michaels. They were all very uh, close and, you know, he mentored a lot of guys from the era, but uh, I wonder if there were some of those guys in the bottom of the card being like, Oh, geez. Hollywood's back, you know, just like the guys in, in 2009, 2010 yeah. were with, with The Rock. That's a great uh, great comparison, but just the, the weird feud that develops with Jerry Lawler out of all this, and the Children's Hospital of Toronto, specifically, like randomly being used as the, the, the backdrop of this feud, it's a great feud on paper. I mean, anything, Piper and Lawler, it's two of the best talkers of their generation, uh, and even th past their generation, they would still be two of the best promo guys you could go to and put a mic in front of them. It just didn't click. It just didn't seem like it, it, it hit the way they wanted it to. I mean, one of the reasons it never hit was like, because you never got, you never got the real Roddy Piper stepping into the King's court and going face-to-face promo-wise with Lawler. I mean, 
they had all the you know video promos back and forth and then the match but they never really just got to do their thing one-on-one like it would have taken one you know one time for piper to show up on a raw live wait wait for it <laughs> well we have yeah, yeah, i the, guess he did the, the piper <laughs> impersonator uh hit showing up on raw was a classic ruse um <laughs> But see, like, you know, this was something, too. They built it up the week before, and, you know, they I mean, they basically told you it wasn't going to be him with the way they, they built it up. But uh, the, the story behind this kid who comes out, I, I wish I had the date in front of me. Tim, you have the date for this show? June 6th, 94. So June 6th, 94. So just a couple of yeah. weeks before the King of the Ring. Um, King of the Ring was actually it was on Father's Day that year. Um they went and had a, a WWF mania contest where tapes were submitted in by fans doing impersonations of talent. And this kid sent in a tape doing a Roddy Piper um, uh, impersonation and they bagged it and they, they decided let's bring him in for this specific uh, instance. And he got to the building. They paired him with Lawler. They sat down. They went over the routine. And the rest, they say, is history. And this kid got a couple of uh, appearances on TV doing a pretty spot-on Roddy Piper for 1994. <laughs> this is a, actually a weirdly memorable segment to me for some reason. I, I used to, like, quote stuff from this segment all the time. And I got all my brothers thinking this was a hilarious segment that didn't watch wrestling. But, yeah, this kid was great. It was is uh, I'm begging you, please. Ha <laughs> uh, That crap is just great in this whole thing. He had, yeah, he had the cadence down. He had the mannerisms down. He had, you know, the ticks down. He had all the the, the great Piper, you know, pantomimes, uh, pretty much down like perfectly. You know, except for the fact that he weighs about a buck twenty five, soaking <laughs> wet, you know, and has this uh, really short hairdo. Uh, he actually looks more like Piper would a few years later, hair wise. But, um, you know, it, it made it more funny for the parody that he was like, you know, a beanpole compared to Piper. And Piper looked yeah. very thin at this point. And that was, by the way, I almost, I mean, that's, he just, uh, we on our video feed, I watched him sit in the chair and do that perfect leg cross, which is, you know, not necessarily a 2020 joke, but uh, a lot of their feud tends to be, uh, you know, whether Barry Piper is a woman or some sort of trans person in the coming from the direction of Jerry Lawler. <laughs> so it's, it's very funny the way he sits on the bench in that, uh, that moment. Not a very uh, uh, friendly to the current <laughs> day and landscape uh, storyline or usage of angle time. But you know what? Look, here, here's what you guys say. You can look back and laugh at it. You're not going to get arrested. You're not going to get uh, thrown off the air. It was in 1994, and it's done yeah. in the context of that era, that vein. You know, it's nothing malicious. It was done in comedy. It was done in fun. Um, but holy shit, could you not do this today in any way, <laughs> shape, or form? Honestly, I bet you Jerry the King Lawler couldn't even be portrayed as a king at this point because people would find something wrong with it. I don't even know how he what did he win that at some point, King? Sorry, I'm just imitating. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> We're not sure King, King. How about the fact that this this is what I find like pretty cool. Ninety three King of the Ring comes in, Lawler has the big moment at the end of the night, he takes out Bret Hart. Ninety four he takes on Piper. Ninety five he has the Bret Hart kiss my foot match. Ninety six or uh, ninety seven he's in the tournament. I think ninety six does he take on Jake? Or is he in the feud with Jake at that point? But he always had something going on around the King of the Ring, and I think that that's uh, that was pretty awesome. Yeah, no, it was de- it's definitely awesome and intentional. I was thinking of that earlier too. Yeah, the, just he's in these high, he's definitely in high-profile feuds <laughs> for a few years there. <laughs> and and ninety-eight, even though that's out of our realm and out of our jurisdiction, uh, he actually he's a main part of the Al Snow uh, Too Cool match. When Al Snow uh, and and the head lose as the head gets pinned, <laughs> when they stick the head and shoulders bottle inside of the head, <laughs> that is good Classic. stuff. Class, class. But, but yeah, so it all builds to the the 1994 King of the Ring in Baltimore, Maryland. Um, which again, still don't get why they're fighting for the the children of Toronto. Because <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, like f the children from Baltimore. Jeez. I mean. Uh, Roddy or uh, Jerry Lawler called the kids brats, and that <laughs> that was that was it. 
and Piper, you know, he had to fight for those kids and he had to get people to raise money for them every week. But I, I don't know with all those videos and build up, like there was so little substance of probably less than any feud I can think of, of like, you know, before like previous to five years ago, probably uh, like it was all about him calling the kids brats. And then every yeah. insult was the same every week. It was the skirt versus kilt thing that we just talked about for a second. And, and Roddy Piper was very offended that Jerry Lawler called him a dinosaur. He brought it up in every single video that he made. Like it was the yeah, crazy. That was interesting too. <laughs> that was that was interesting too because you know it's always a no no. And if you you go back and you read books and you hear about the old timers, you never refer to the older generation as old, or in this yeah. case, dinosaurs. But I did love Piper's line. Uh, Lawler says he's Jurassic Park, and and Piper goes, "Well, Jurassic Park's the number one movie in the world, <laughs> so I'm fine with that <laughs> insult." I was like, wow, that was so perfect because it's uh, it's so true. But you, know, you go back and you find uh, old timers in the history of the business. They don't they didn't like being called old. You called a guy old on TV. You were that guy was done. Who's going to believe old man can beat, you know, this young upstart. And I always hated that about later years where they would refer to the legends as, you know, basically as legends and old timers because those are still the people you want to see until the next generation can outshine them unfortunately that's who they are but piper's barely you know in his 40s here so i would not say he's old by any stretch of the imagination as i know we could say we are knocking on the door so to speak <laughs> um but uh you know that's the way it was portrayed because the wwf old guard the wwf federation era guys were either moved on retiring or you know they're in wcw so they were the older statesmen so it's kind of funny that lawler would say that and i bet you lawler's older than piper so i mean like, oh, that's, that's, what, yeah, that's, that's what i was part. gonna say not only is he probably <laughs> older he looks older i mean piper as you mentioned looks old in certain ways here uh but i mean I, jerry lawler always looks like an old man to me even in like old andy kaufman videos he looks old he's just that's you know that's how he is I, so I it, was, it was interesting when I was reading before this. Um, Piper and Lawler both, I guess, are debuted in '68, and their matches were before a lot of the guys in WWF at this time were even born. Like one, two, three, kid wasn't even thought of yet. That's yeah, I'll tell you what, Jerry range. Lawler. Jerry Lawler is about five years older <laughs> than Rowdy Rowdy Piper. So. <laughs> there you go, as Rowdy Piper. Uh, <laughs> would say but you know again what we're watching here is from the king of the ring and it was a very long promo um on this show and this show is stacked i mean it's of course the tournament has uh owen hart win king of hearts uh it was a full tournament there was no cheaps uh, i think they had one draw you know they always had one guy slipping out of banana peel and he would be uh yeah. out of it uh they had the the diesel versus bret hart uh, title match because you know it was a big deal, and uh, also we can't forget on commentary with Gorilla Monsoon and the Macho Man is uh, just the the if you could pick anybody in the world to to be on commentary in Baltimore and from Baltimore sports lore, I don't think Art Donovan would be at the top of the list, but he sure as hell was for the King of the Ring '94. He's a little distracting on the show. <laughs> That was what I was alluding to earlier when Jerry Lawler was coming out. Art Donovan's like, so did he win the king once before? Or so he says something like, that. it's literally right after Owen Hart won the king of the ring. This, you know, this match is next. So it's a little crazy. Uh, Art Donovan is hilarious, though. He also, when Lawler's coming out, he also is like, I can't believe the shape these guys are in. And it's Lawler coming out, who, who's like the last person I would say that about. <laughs> How much does this guy weigh? <laughs> And it's like they have Monsoon out there, too. And Monsoon is like the absolute best at paying somebody no attention when they're saying something stupid yeah. on commentary. And it's just it's it's so weird that they stuck Art Donovan on for the whole show. It must have been some sort of rib. I mean, it had to absolutely been something that they were like, yeah, I bet you you can't put, you know, a, uh, a non-professional broadcasting football legend uh, out there all day. Like, yeah, you want to bet? <laughs> and then you got uh, Art Donovan. But there, before we move on to the match itself, just take a look at Owen Hart and his uh, his regal uh, stature on the throne there. Um, 
such a perfect king of the ring. Uh, loved the pairing of him and Anvil. Actually, absolutely love the fact that they were like completely all in pink together too. The way they are, it just was so perfect. And um, can't uh, you can't watch King of the Ring '94 without acknowledging uh, the Rocket and his ascent to the top. The King of Hearts. Uh, I I said this on another episode, I believe, but the only thing that would make it more perfect is if they were wearing wearing a new foundation baggy clothes. Parachute pants. <laughs> Gotta get pairs of those. Yes. We gotta get new generation declassified style, uh, you know, checkered MC Hammer uh, 90s rapper pants. Uh, <laughs> maybe for, for PJs or something, you know, be uh, for the kids, be for everybody. Uh, but yeah, so the match itself, uh, Piper and Lawler, you know, had a pretty healthy build. Uh, the match itself is like 12 and a half minutes. Um, but it's not what you expected because with all this build, you would think it's going to be a brawl. You would think they're going to fight their asses off. And it's like chain wrestling and like catches catch can style. And I wonder why. I wonder if Piper was trying to show he could still, you know, work in the ring. Um, but it's just kind of weird. It's not the match that I expected at all coming out of these guys. Yeah, not quite the match you expected. Uh, it's uh, It's a little... It's a little odd. It's kind of like faster paced in a way than you would think. Probably trying to keep up with uh, the rest of the night. Maybe there was a little motivation going on in their mind, uh, which is another weird thing. Uh, I know you're asking about the match, but on commentary, Gorilla Monsoon, when they when they were coming out too, was and I'm sure this is Vince's voice and not Gorilla Monsoon, but he constantly was like, "This is this is the new generation. We are here." And the heart of the new generation. Well, he said it like ten times. While we're getting ready for Piper Lawler, and they're coming to the ring. I just found that to be very odd too. Uh, so yeah, there was some things that just didn't fit <laughs> with the so actual, like events. alluding to the fact that like maybe these guys didn't belong amongst the crowd of new generation guys. Like in terms of that, I thought he was just trying to put them. I thought he was just trying to put them over as being part of the new generation. That's it. Didn't come across as like sarcastic to me. I don't know. Oh, okay, all right, yeah, no, because that's yeah. I, I could be wrong. It doesn't. It just didn't make sense to me when I was watching. Yeah, because you know, obviously, we talked about billionaire Ted, you know, weeks ago, yeah. and that was only about a year and a you know less than a year and a half later, they would be ripping on Hogan, Savage, and Mean Gene, and you know, calling them old and over the hill when Piper. Well, it was technically still, you know, sort of around, even though he really wasn't. I and mean, he come back in 96 and have that big role before he, he went to WCW. But, I mean, Lawler was a staple. And not just at, at the commentary booth, was always a, a pop-in on house shows, uh, wrestling. He would be wrestling on Raw. He'd wrestle on Superstars. He'd be doing – Superstars was great. He'd do the uh, squash matches with the microphone and beat the guy up while he's on commentary. You know, like classic stuff. So, um you know, I hope they were alluding to them as new generation participants. I don't want them to rip on Piper. You can't do that. What did he ever do? <laughs> no, yeah, he's uh, you know he's just he's just in the heat. He's the heart of the new generation. He's a young guy. It's good stuff. <laughs> um, but yeah, so with the match, like I said, catches catch can. You know, some wrestling yeah. moves, a little more in line with some of the other matches of the night. I, I would expect more of a brawl. I'd expect a bigger. Um, you know, fight out of Piper, but what do you get for the Piper match? You get the awesome entrance. You get the bagpipes. Every time for the big matches, you got these the, the, the elaborate bagpipe entrances. And then, you know, when he comes through, now we have the No Fear t-shirt. You know, now we have the classic kilt. And what does he do? He brings out the guy from Monday Night Raw, the kid, and he's now with Piper because it's his hero. You know, that's his guy. And it was... Uh, it was a little. I would pull down the, the the high socks. The high socks could have gone down, um, but now he's buddies with Piper, and you know Piper looks great here. But when he gets in the ring, you know, like I said before, he's noticeably thin. He's not very defaced, muscular. He's got really great abs, but he's not built anymore. Not really. He ever was gigantic, but he did, you know, take stuff to enhance. Um, just very thin, very Hollywood. You know, he, he, I picture him going right here to Shannon Tweed movie that he did like after this. <laughs> oh, but he's a dinosaur, fella. He's a Tyrannosaurus Rex. <laughs> you know, the Shannon Tweed movie I'm talking about, the name escapes me, but it was very uh, off putting. I know that. 
Well, it was a there was a love scene in it. That's why it was a yeah. little uh, a little off putting. <laughs> <laughs> Seeing Piper and Dan and Tweed get it on, not uh, not, not favorable um, for the Chadster. Uh, but yeah, you know, the crowd was hot. You know, the building was was electric. But I feel like the match is a little long, and I feel like the crowd kind of lost it by the end. And maybe, and it's another thing Bruce Pritchard alludes to. Maybe they should have given them half the twelve minutes instead of a 12, 12 minutes and change match. Well, I agree. I mean, there's no. This match is all about the two guys doing promos. And then, you know, the, the match is kind of the culmination, but it's like you just want to you want to see Piper get his revenge for the sick kids and you want to see them, you know, get a little get their spots in like there, there's no reason for this to be any more than a five or six minute match. I, I don't think. See, just on that lockup that we just saw, honestly, the way it should have gone was that they go to lock up and Piper pokes him in the eye. And there you go. Like, that's your classic Piper spot. Instead, you know, they're look at. I mean, they're they're basically getting ready to chain wrestle, and it just doesn't fit well with me. And, and Piper in his classic blue tights with the you know the maroon looking uh, RP boots, I would have had Piper in what he wore for the backlot brawl in '96. I would have had him in jeans and a leather jacket and the no fear shirt, and you know cowboy boots with his ta- fists taped up. Like it could have been so cool and he would have fit in with those videos you know those videos were more quote cutting edge for that time and they were really trying hard to get the bottom line uh catchphrase over which i think somebody would use that later on down the road i just can't put my finger on it right now but uh yeah that was it um exactly (laughs) right when when rick flair shaved his head grew a goatee and started dropping people with stunners um but you know what i'm saying like it it didn't like so he came to the ring and now he's Roddy Piper from, you know, the 80s instead of what we saw in the backlot brawl in 96 mixed with those cool cutting edge, different style of promos from the bottom line tapes. Yeah, no, I mean, I agree. Uh, it's it's just a uh, there's yeah, there's just something that doesn't quite work about the match. I also just kind of think I, I, I don't know. I guess you had to position the Piper comeback as the main event. But I just feel like on this card, this would be a much this would just feel much stronger and people would be more into it. If it wasn't the end of the show, I think if it was in the middle, it would be fantastic. Well, you got to send the crowd home happy. So they weren't going to be happy with Owen Hart winning the, um, (laughs) the King of the ring and the title match didn't really have a decisive, uh, you know, victory for Brett. It had a, a disqualification ending, but it wasn't a decisive victory. And that led to the, the end of the night with Anvil and, um, and Owen, but, you know, so technically this was the best option. And, you know, Baltimore was a huge WWF stomping ground in the 80s. So Piper's going to be over like crazy to begin with. And he's Roddy Piper. So and he showed up uh, for the first time since WrestleMania. So he's getting the main event there, pal. I love that. Uh, yeah. Lawler gets Piper in this like four minute sleeper, though, in this part of this match that we're watching right now using Piper's own finisher on him. That's right. But that's the way to do it, man. That's how you wear them down in 12-minute matches. And again, these matches sometimes feel a lot longer. But, you know, that's, uh, again, going into the whole look of the whole thing. Like I said, rose-colored glasses overall. Yeah, I think Gorilla Monsoon ripped off uh, Michael Cole here, by the way. I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure he said vintage Lawler when he put the sleeper on. <laughs> but... Maybe he did. Yeah, there you go. That's uh, maybe Michael Cole stole stole it from him, and then decided <laughs> when he would train all the rest of the announcers to sound like him for the rest of eternity. Maybe he could have trained him to sound like Gorilla Monsoon, who I think this is one of his last pay per view commentating roles. I know he's at the Survivor Series. I feel like he gets one random one after the Survivor Series, but um, anytime he's on a card, it makes it absolutely that much more enjoyable. And I thought he fit in, uh, you know, as the lead play-by-play guy perfectly because I think this was uh, convalescing from his uh, neck surgery. Yeah, no, I agree 100%. I love Gorilla. And it's it's funny, though, like since uh, since I've revisited some of this stuff just from doing this podcast, uh, I forgot how far into, you know, in my, my memory, like Gorilla Monsoon is kind of the prior generation. I forgot that he was still doing new generation matches up until – you know, late 94 or mid 94. Uh, yeah. So it's always fun to hear him. 
Yeah, no, and uh, did you catch either one of you the awesome heel Lord Alfred Hayes uh, like update? Um, you know, like it was one of the superstars or wrestling challenge uh, updates, and it's a full blown heel Lord Alfred Hayes ripping Roddy Piper, praising Jerry Lawler, but still uh, asking for donations for the sick kids of Toronto <laughs> at the end I, of it. I did not catch that. I would love oh, to yeah, see that. Oh, yeah, that was a good one. Picture a heel. Lord Alfred Hayes. Oh, Lord Alfred, by the end, what if yeah. you go back and all right, so even before that, if you go to like the early 90s, the Coliseum videos and the primetime wrestlings where it's him and Sean Mooney, he kind of walks the fine line where he starts to praise the heels a little bit. But by the end of Lord Alfred, which I believe Lord Alfred even goes into a little bit, a little bit of 95, he is a full blown heel and he's he rips the baby faces like crazy. So if you find this promo, or promo event center. It's great. He just rips the crap out of Piper <laughs> and, <laughs> and praises our, I think he even ref- says our King, Jerry Lawler. Yeah. Lord Alfred Hayes was definitely great with his, uh, I remember, I definitely, yeah, I don't remember the full out heel, but I always, I always know the subtle heel Lord Alfred Hayes that I would know when I was a kid. You know, it was a great one. One of these promos too on, I think it was the Second or very last, it was the very last Piper video. It might have been the second or last, but it just, it was introduced on Superstars. And I don't know if it aired on um, All American as well, or if it was just on Superstars this week for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. But uh, it was Superstars with McMahon and Lawler commentating. And it mm-hmm. was like, the sounds felt like the current WWE Thunderdome sound. Like it was completely oh. can, <laughs> can sound, even though they're in the arena. Yeah. And it was, they come back from the, from the Piper promo. And it's, you hear the crowd just going, Burger King. Burger King, <laughs> Burger King at Lawler, but it's just such a fake crap sounds for that, which is, is great. That's the beauty of uh, WWF television. They always <laughs> uh, knew how to do it. Uh, oh, now we got a ref bump right here. Uh, two bulldogs and then a third bulldog blocked and a ref bump um, leading to Lawler's fishing into his dirty, stinky, regal tights that he's got there. And what's he going to pull out? He got some knucks. I'm trying to pull my best Gorilla Monsoon here. Does he have some nooks? It's, oh, a, foreign some nooks. it's a foreign object. <laughs> hey, whoa. Hey, you don't say it. It's an international <laughs> object now. <laughs> but no, that, uh, that's such a classic. Like, that's the thing, though, with like Lawler and even Piper, but it's just like such a classic. Uh, you know, you, you just don't see like guys don't work like that anymore. Like, it's Lawler, like, for. He does the cowardly hill thing. He has the object in the tights. He, I don't know. He's just he's always looking for that little advantage. It's funny. And why is Piper? I was gonna say why is Piper's kid not pushing the feet off the ropes? Because he's waiting <laughs> for the two and three quarters. Yeah. Come on. And then oh. here we go. And then here's the finish. This just odd back <laughs> suplex, and Piper with the odd like, I don't even know what you would call that like, horizontal legs up pin. <laughs> That's one of my favorite finishes ever. And that's it. And the kids, all he did was push Waller's legs off the rope. And that's as Gorilla Monsoon say, that's all she wrote. That's it. It's, it's all over. I feel like that rivals the Owen Hart, Steve Austin finish. And nobody had a broken neck in this situation. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't put it that bad. And it throws him out. Like that was more forceful than the, something had to go askewed. And there was definitely some sort of botch in there, I'm sure, that we that we don't know about. But again, I'm going to have to go back and watch a Piper uh, shoot and see what he has to say about it. And I always thought this was awkward, where he puts the kid on his shoulders like uh, the Macho Man would Elizabeth. A little awkward. A little I, weird. There was a whole thing that I also, like, I was hesitant to even mention that. But yeah, the, even on commentary when he was coming out, I, the level to which, like, uh, Gorilla was referring to him as a kid... And a young kid, and I, I just did. I didn't see him as being like fifteen. Here's my assumption, just by what we're watching. They ran out of time. That's my assumption, and they had to take it home real quick because now we're backstage, and Shawn Michaels is uh, talking to Diesel. Diesel shaking his head. They uh, they ran out of time. That's absolutely what happened, and they were forced to go home quick. And that's probably why that was such a, a crappy bridge suplex where he lost the bridge and had to just kind of fall on top of him. Yeah, no, I mean, that would make sense because it, it's, but they never should have run out of time in that match. Like you said earlier, I mean, it, it just it didn't have to be 12 to 15 minutes. It could have been six minutes. 
well, go back to 94 and talk to uh, the powers that be. And, I will uh, do that. Convince them otherwise. But again, let's just give it a re- – oh, then let, before we, we finish up the discussion, we can also point out that the Roddy Piper bottom line segments did kind of last until the fall of 94 because I think – and this is my speculation, and again, I'd have to go back and watch a few Piper shoots to, to verify – the way they were doing these bottom line segments around Survivor Series, I bet you Piper was supposed to be on one of those teams and it ended up falling through because he, I, especially the foreign fanatics or whatever, the, oh no, the million dollar team and Luger's match kind of seemed like Piper might fit onto that babyface team the way he was kind of building it up. Now, I don't know if you were able to catch any of those at all, but there was a couple that led up to the Survivor Series as well. Uh, yeah, I didn't get into them, but I saw that they uh, went through, yeah, October. Uh, mm-hmm. Some point in October they stopped of 94. But, yeah, no, I would guess that you're probably correct. I don't know why else they would be occurring if there wasn't something in the works for probably Survivor Series at that point. And uh seems like that would the match you mentioned would make perfect sense. I'm a little offended that you even uttered foreign fanatics, but. You know. Oh, I love the Farm Fanatics. I meant to say the Million Dollar Team. Farm <laughs> Fanatics is a great damn uh, squad uh, from the 93 Survivor Series. But, yeah, that 94 team could have used it because, like, I think they threw Adam Bomb on the on the Lex Luger team, and it was like, eh, man, I'm not really feeling Adam Bomb on this, uh, this, squ- this squad. Uh, I could have used the Roddy Piper, which it has to be the case. Um, but then these segments would go away. And Piper wouldn't be back until January 96 uh, when Gorilla Monsoon was written off TV for a few weeks. Um, And then it would lead to, obviously, his run as the president, which would lead to his feud with Goldust, which would lead to me seeing him versus the 123 Kid at a house show at the Meadowlands, (laughs) which was awesome. (laughs) It's still crazy in these segments, though, how hard he did work to get and maybe it was the way they cut it because the videos were long like you said before but he, he just seemed like he worked so hard to get the bottom line over as a catchphrase it's it's very weird yeah i agree and again they it's like they were like maybe we should use this one day it's we're just not <laughs> ready for it yet <laughs> yeah exactly one day maybe about two and a half years later uh we could give it to uh <laughs> this guy coming in from wcw but all right bottom line am i right Going back, did it seem a little bit better? And watching it, did it lose a little luster, this this feud overall? Timmy, I'll start with you. I'm not quite on the same page as you guys. I still enjoyed the match. Um, as a kid, you know, I just hated Burger King with passion. So kind of knowing Lawler more now as an adult and watching it again, I, I just enjoyed, you know, the keelness of Lawler and what he brings out of everybody and to have two icons in the ring like that, I still enjoyed that match. It didn't bring it down at all to me. That's the bottom line. CP? Yeah, no, I mean, I I guess maybe it sounded like I've been crapping on this the whole time, which I probably kind of have, but uh, it's still actually a really fun feud. Like, I enjoyed going back and watching all of this. Uh, and I, <laughs> I have to say, Tim, by the way, like, I agree with Lawler in that match. Like, he's... He is a really good heel in the match. It's just always fun to watch the way Lawler works, which no like nobody works like anymore, which is just that old school cowardly heel. But I, I mean, yeah, I think I think the problem with this was probably in the buildup, and I do think the match could have been a little shorter. But I enjoyed portions of the match. Um, so yeah, no, I, I thought it was a it was a good feud. I think I probably like it better now than I did when I was a kid. Actually, I did the, for the nostalgia feel of it. I was much more excited last week when we talked about it rather than when I watched it. I, I definitely, I lost the, I, I, I don't remember it being as drawn out as it was. I don't remember it being as difficult uh, in places. So for me, it kind of lost a little luster and uh, I wouldn't file this under my favorite Roddy Piper return. I would have to probably put 96 over that. Um yeah, it wasn't the same for me. I did not. Uh, I did not love it looking back. Don't you feel that something was missing though? I know I mentioned this earlier, but just like by never putting them in the ring together, like in a, a promo situation. I just feel like it should have been a street fight. 
you no, know, I hear you. even though it's Baltimore and they're fighting for kids in Toronto, how about making a Memphis street fight? You know, <laughs> like it could have, it could have been anything. Um, you know, I, the way, even the way he's dressed in some of these bottom line things, like it, it looks like it should be a street fight the way he's, yeah. he, he's kind of looking and you know, it just, uh, instead of it being a straight wrestling match, it should have been a street fight and it could have been, you know, knockdown drag out. And honestly, it could have been like a prelude to some of the plunder matches where they could have had, you know, pulled out everything, but the kitchen sink kind of thing. You know what I mean? Use like exaggerated props for 1994. I'm not saying a hardcore match that that's not it. What I'm, you know, what I'm even alluding to. I mean, yeah, like it could have been tipping the line plunder there, buddy. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like, you know, uh slip on a banana peel style of, you know, objects from around the ring kind of thing. It just could have been a street fight. I think it would have had a lot more of the the long build, which wouldn't have required them to be around each other. Yeah. I just think for this era, street fights were not really a big thing. It was more of the uh lighthearted era, you know, not well, they had, you know, bunkhouse matches and even the WWF would do them on house shows up until a certain point where they would do the come come as you are matches, you know, or most of the time they would do them in battle royals, but they do the come as you are, uh, you know, and the guys would be in their tank top and jeans and boots and, you know, bandanas and stuff. I just feel like it could have been something like that. Um, but yeah, nonetheless, I just, I just felt like the King's Court was the you know, Piper spit at this time. That was the interview segment that was on raw basically every week. So it would have just been like climactic for like the week before the pay-per-view for Piper to come into the King's court. And for those two, just jaw with each other. But, and there were no, no fear Piper shirts sold at the time. Like what the <laughs> heck? So that must've been a thing with him and Vince. There must've been a real rift with the merchandising. Well, that was what I was going to say too. Like with the no fear shirts. I mean, I, he can't just wear, like, there must have been a Piper. He must have had a licensing deal with no fear that Vince let him have. Well, that also has, you know, the Tasmanian devil on the back. And that was also another big licensed, um, you know, character of the day. The, the Tasmanian devil was on, you know, basketball shirts and, you know, different, yeah. uh, you know, like, um, you know, basically, I think every sport. I think I had like a like a fighting Irish, but it was a Tasmanian devil. You know what I mean? Like, I, the, he was all over the place. So it was a little bit of both, which was cool that Piper had his finger on the pulse of like, you know, hip stuff. I mean, maybe if he came out in airwalks and, uh, you know, Jenko's, maybe <laughs> Piper could have been a little more cutting edge with the uh, No Fear shirt. I would love to see Piper in Jenko's. I yeah. think that would have been perfect. Well, you don't have to go as far as to see Hulk Hogan in Jenko's uh, around uh, NWO 2000 or whenever. Now, when the, when they, when the NWO brought together the black and white and the red and black. And it was the night of the, um, uh, the Goldberg. Uh, um, oh God. Which one? See, I'm getting confused now. Oh, the finger poke that, oh, that okay. night when that NWO group formed, if you watch the subsequent nitros and thunders, Hogan's wearing Jenko's. <laughs> Is he really? Yeah. They look so dumb. <laughs> Must've been his new journey is probably going there that night. Yeah, oh, absolutely. So, <laughs> all right. Well, bottom line, I feel it was uh, not as great looking back. You guys were kind of down the middle. We're almost hitting every side of the uh, the discussion here. But nonetheless, it was fun to go back and watch and catch some uh, some Piper. It's never a complaint that of me to go back and watch Rowdy Rowdy Piper in any stretch of the imagination. And he is sorely missed. And to me, wrestling has not been the same since he passed away and will forever, forever miss the hot rod. So that is uh, that's one from the chat, sir, there to uh, to close it uh, out. I got to agree with you. He's top two for me, too. Man. Yeah, he's everybody pays the piper. Come on. I used to have I think I took it down. I had the uh, the LJN right behind me on my um, on my my shelf because, you know, that was the marquee one for me. It was the, the complete piper. Uh, that my uncle gave me. So hat tip to uh, my uncle Brian. Thank you very much. And uh, all right, well, let's uh, let's head to the finish line here. We haven't discussed what next week topic is going to be, but we will. We'll figure it out and uh, we'll see what goes on on the next installment of New Generation Declassified. So if you want to find out more of what's going on in the TMPT Empire, go to TMPTEmpire.com. Check out all the links for all the podcasts under our umbrella. 
and click on one because if you haven't listened to one, you might learn something and have a little bit of fun while doing so. So check them out. And uh, if you want to follow me, it's at Chad EMB on Instagram and Twitter. And uh, again, appreciate everybody's uh, input and comments every week and keep those cards and letters safely rolling in. CP, what's going on with you tonight? Uh, just enjoyed this episode, uh, Stick and Move Series 1. You can find on Anchor and Spotify or Season 1. Uh, if you Google Stick and Move Stories Podcast, uh, you can find me on Twitter or at Pugs with three Zs at P-U-G-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z. No, it's uh, three Zs, P-U-G-Z-Z-Z. And other than that, just hanging out. And I am the one person here that does not put Roddy Piper in my top two, although I have him. In the, he's in a he's in a top ten discussion for me. I'm gonna mute his mic now for the rest of the show because he said that. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> You're back. I was just joking. It's time uh, for you to say the piper, dude. <laughs> Timmy, what do you got before we wrap up? Just uh, enjoying. You know, I love watching wrestling pretty much 24 seven in my life, especially the old stuff. And doing this podcast has been amazing. Just kind of reliving moments that. I might have breezed through not giving it the attention it fully deserves. So that's why I love this podcast, just kind of rehashing a lot of that and, and getting to talk about it. It's awesome. So just glad to hear the good things about the podcast and to be a part of it. Perfectly fine. And what a mark. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> now, I appreciate that. Yeah, everybody, look, yeah. it's been uh, it's been a lot of fun. And we will keep it going. We will figure out next week's topic, and you will be surprised when you click on the link uh, next week. So uh, for the rest of the broadcast team, we watch Rowdy Roddy Piper do his thing this week. So next week, we might have to up the ante and see what we can dig into the old uh, new generation bag and find at the bottom of it. Uh, So for uh, Timmy W. and CP, this is the Chadster, and we will catch you on the flip side. Thanks for listening to the two-man power trip of wrestling, What the World is Downloading.